kicked off. Kansas City is 7-1 against a point spread coming off a Monday night game. Take KC minus the 6. We're taking home cold hard cash. He's going to have another heat check. Come on. He's going to heat check it. Yeah, I know. Pulls up. Gonna get yes. It's heat check time. Hello. I like money. I want winners. Heat check. Oh, yeah. And boom goes the dynamite. I'm about to go on the run of a lifetime. And if you want to make money, climb the fuck aboard. Get money, get money, get money, get money. I'm getting money, I'm getting money, I'm getting money, I'm getting money. All I do is get money, get money, get money, get money. I'm getting money, I'm getting money. Hey, this thing on? <laughs> oh, we're back. It's the Heat Check Podcast. Back from our one-week hiatus. We took week eight off, but it is week nine in the NFL, and we are back to give some picks. Derek Piper, Josh Piper, as always, here to fill you in, here to break it all down as we do. Well, it was each and every week. We took one week off. Forgive us. Uh, but we are back. Week seven was great. We can recap that a little bit, the last episode that we did. Uh, I know week six, as I diagrammed, was pretty rough for me. I think one and seven, but bounced back in week seven. Hopefully you listened week seven, because that was seven and zero oh for yours truly. Week eight wasn't great, but hey, we didn't put that on the pod and didn't prescribe any losing bets ultimately. It wasn't awful, but you know, it was one of those weeks that the slate didn't look great and we had some things come up as far as scheduling, but how was week seven for you, Josh, real quick? And then let's just dive right into what everyone wants, which is our week nine picks. Yeah, it was good. Uh, finished on the profitable side. Uh, went 2-0 and in teasers, 2-3 and in props, unfortunately. Lost a couple really close ones. Uh, so 4-3 and overall. Uh, can't be mad with a positive end of the week. And yeah, week eight uh, was a good week to take off uh, for the show. I think both of us lost some money, didn't. You know, we kind of saved anybody that may have been tailing on on that week. Yeah, week eight got a little weird where the dogs were barking, the underdogs. We had the Packers starting it off, setting the tone on the road, surprising win at the Cardinals. You had the Saints as a dog at home winning against the Bucks. You had the Jets upsetting the Bengals. So a lot of crazy things. And th- this does happen around this time of year as you get into the meat of the NFL schedule. You have these upsets, these uh, sometimes teams with injuries, it's hard to predict. And uh, we've noticed in betting the NFL for now a handful of years that early on it seems to be a little bit more predictable. And as we showed this year, we had a lot of success early on. And things can get a little weird. So you got to be careful in expecting maybe leaning too heavily into something because, you know, it's it's one of those things where some weird things can happen. But I do feel good about a handful of plays this week, and we will dive right into those. As always, teasers, and we'll, we'll, we'll group in the teaser legs, potential money line, parlay plays, and, and we'll talk alternate lines as well as we move along and, and get into, I do have one pick against the spread that I am t- uh, recommending. So let's start with teaser legs. Let's look at Dallas at home against the Broncos. Dallas currently, I know on FanDuel is a minus nine and a half favorite. They're 420 on the FanDuel money line. So you could tease them down to minus three and a half to win by more than a field goal. I'll talk about how I'm actually playing them. Before we do that, let's just get into the breakdown. 
Dak is back this week. At least that's what he says. He said that to the media on Thursday that he plans on playing. McCarthy said that Dak would be and was full participation on Thursday's practice and that he expects to play on Sunday uh, after missing last week against the Vikings. Of course, they surprisingly, to a lot of people's surprise, got the job done with Cooper Rush uh, in Dak's absence. One thing to note, though, C.D. Lamb is questionable with an ankle injury. He tweaked it in Wednesday's practice. That's something to monitor as we go forward here. But as you look at Denver, 25th in the league in DVOA. So that's like a defensive efficiency type of it's it weights against their opponents type of grade out. They're 25th on defense, and they just traded Von Miller, their best player. So it's not been a good story for Vic Fangio's defense. They're 21st against the pass on that ranking, 27th against the run. And, oh, you're going to see Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard in this one. Probably a heavy dose with not leaning too heavy on Dak and uh, just having those guys ready to rock. And, and you look at Dallas's defense, third in the league in DVOA, and a Denver team that started hot against their really easy schedule, the Giants, the Jags, the Jets. Since that opening stretch against those three, I mean, flat-out bums, uh, they have averaged 16 points per game. So Dallas at home, Dallas against a bad defense, Dallas against an offense that is putting up 16 points a game. It all makes sense for me for the Dallas Cowboys to be a teaser leg, a money line parlay piece. Bet Dallas this week at home against the Broncos. Yeah, I've kind of I uh, don't really have much breakdown on the Cowboys, uh, mostly because I've kind of been staying away until knowing for sure that Dak is going to play. Permitting there's no setbacks or anything, it does sound like he's going to. Um, but yeah, if he's going, uh, I love Dallas here as well. I do not respect the Broncos as a 500 team. As you mentioned, their wins coming against Washington, the Jets, uh, the Jaguars, and the Giants. Uh, four, they've lost four out of the last five games. Um, they're just they're in, and they sold they sold Von Miller for a reason. Uh, they don't expect to finish the season as a winning team. Um, they're sellers right now for for a very good reason. They're they're not going to stay there. Um, they're not a team good enough to beat uh, Cowboys fully healthy. Absolutely. And let's look at another team that's a big favorite. This one on the road, and that being the Buffalo Bills, who are 14.5-point favorites at the Jacksonville Jaguars. The money line is minus 1,000, so you're not getting any kind of value on that. But if you were to tease them, you could take 14.5 down to 8.5. And uh, one thing to note is when you look at Jacksonville, I know that they did win their London game. Of course, came off of the bye horrendously and lost to Geno Smith, Seahawks by a million. Uh, Jaguars in their three home games have all lost by double digits. And uh, one thing I do want to focus on in this breakdown, really, it's more about the Bills, in my opinion. Uh, last three seasons, when they've been favored by a touchdown, more than a touchdown, I should say, they've done, been so five times in the last three seasons. They've won all five of those by more than a touchdown. So when they are a favorite above seven, they win by more than seven. Uh, it's happened twice this year already. They won 26 to 11 last week against Miami, even though they slept off in the first half. They still covered comfortably. And then 40 to 0 against Houston earlier this year as well. Uh, as I mentioned, Jaguars were terrible last week. And this is a rookie quarterback in Trevor Lawrence who continues to make mistakes, has yet to really break through. And he gets the pleasure of going against the number one defense in football. So, 
You have a Bills team that is making a strong case for being a Super Bowl favorite right now. They are the favorite odds on uh, to win it all right now, uh, playing at a high level and a Jags team that just can't get off the ground, can't get Urban Meyer to put them in a good spot to win football games. So uh, I like them, whether you're going to use them as a teaser just to win by, say, double digits. Uh, and I'll talk a little bit more about alternate line. I have a play on them in that, in that fashion as well. But, Josh, what do you think about the Bills against the Jaguars and, and them for to them to put up a big number and, and to win this game convincingly? Yeah, I love the Bills. Um, obviously, going up against a struggling Jaguars team, I don't I don't love betting teams to win by double digits uh, very often, but I think this is just too good of a spot. Uh, Bills have won by ten or more points in all five of their wins so far this season. Uh, the Jags have lost by ten or more points in five of six losses so far this season. Uh, Bills should just roll right through them. Shouldn't be much of a contest. Uh, don't see the Jaguars stopping that Bills offense, and and I don't see the Jaguars offense do, being able to do much against that uh, stout Bills defense so far this year. And before we move on, I do want to mention one thing I have seen here this week. If you took the Bills before the season, which I mean that's a, that was a good bet and one that. Uh, a handful of people were, were jumping on, but uh, I still think there's a little bit of value right now when you look at the AFC and some flawed teams, when you look at the Titans losing Derrick Henry, the Chiefs where they're at right now, uh, the Ravens, I, I, they got blasted at home against the Bengals. I'm not putting a, like a ton of stock into that as far as their long term, but still a team even before that that I didn't fully trust as you get to postseason. So what I'm getting at is the Bills plus 220 to win the AFC and get to the Super Bowl. I think that's still valuable at this point in time. Uh, as they go forward, say the Chiefs struggle with the Packers, maybe even lose that game, the Titans get beat by the Rams. All of a sudden that number is going to shrink here pretty fast as the Bills separate themselves from the Pack and uh, on a fast track to get home field advantage in the AFC. So I like plus 220 as a number for them to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I like that. Uh I mean, who would have thought that the NFC has somehow become more of a tougher road than the AFC? The AFC was looking like a way tougher road to get to the Super Bowl, um, but the NFC's got some. The NFC's got some ballers. They got the Rams. They got you know the Packers. They got the Cardinals. Came out of nowhere. The Bucks and the Bucks. Even though the Bucks, you know, kind of up and down, but it's early in the year. You never uh, the the Bucks. The Tom Brady team you see at the start of the year is never the one you see in the playoffs. Um, but yeah, I love the Bills. I think they're the best team uh, in the AFC. Um, I think plus you said two twenty five, two twenty, two twenty to get to the Super Bowl. I think that's a good. I think that's a good bet. Let's move on to a matchup that was a Super Bowl matchup. I think back in what two thousand Rams and Titans way back when. Uh, the Rams are a seven point favorite at home in Los Angeles, minus three thirty on the money line on FanDuel. I like the Rams to take care of business against Tennessee, as I've already mentioned, missing Derrick Henry, a huge blow to that offense and how much, obviously, they lean on him as a workhorse. The Rams have the number one offense in football based on uh, DVOA, so on football outsiders. And look at the Titans grade. They are the number 20th defense, so a big contrast of a strength for the Rams on the offensive side of the ball, of course, Stafford playing at a high level, 22 touchdowns, only four interceptions. Cooper Cup playing as if he's, I mean, not as if he is proving production-wise to be the best receiver currently in the NFL. And they just continue to play 
really, really well. I know their schedule here recently has been soft, but uh, just getting it done at this point in time. And, and the Titans, without Derrick Henry, uh, have Julio banged up, who he might go in this game, uh, has been nursing that hamstring injury, uh, but he's been limited in practice, I know, even as recent as this week. So you look at that Rams defense, adding another pass rusher in Von Miller to go with Aaron Donald, to go with, can't believe I'm going to say it, Leonard Floyd. <laughs> that is a that is a defense <laughs> that can be pretty nasty up front. And then, of course, Jalen Ramsey, you can stick him on A.J. Brown. And if, if Julio's either not out there or not 100%, uh, it's probably something you don't worry a ton about. And Tennessee, while he did pull out the win last week in Indianapolis in overtime, that was a team that was down 14-0 early on. And, and really, as I started to dig into some of the numbers here recently for Ryan Tannehill, hasn't played that great of football here recently, uh, even in their wins against Kansas City and Buffalo. If you look at his last three games, he's thrown four touchdowns through those three games with four interceptions. So a guy that doesn't have huge splits in terms of a lot of success as a, as a passer with touchdowns and not throwing them for over 300 yards. So he's going to be put in a spot, in my opinion, without Henry, that he's going to have to throw the ball more and probably play catch-up as the Rams stack points against that Titans defense. And I just expect the Rams to take care of business, get the job done, win the game. And you've teased them from seven down to one, just essentially to win. Uh, I like that a lot. Yeah, I was a little scared off of this bet. Um, just looking at it, looking at what the Titans have done so far this year, uh, being able to beat the Bills. Um, they beat being able to absolutely destroy the Chiefs. Um, but as you were just talking about, Ryan Tannehill has not been the quarterback that he had been the past couple years in Tennessee um, and the numbers that he was putting up. I mean, they're, they've been solely, you know, jumping on the back of Derrick Henry and having him carry them to carry them to victory week after week. Uh, that Bills game, Ryan Tannehill didn't even throw a touchdown. Uh, Derrick Henry had three, three rushing touchdowns in that game. Tannehill's only thrown for more than one touchdown in two games this year, both against the Colts. Um, I don't expect. I actually like playing that game in a different in a different aspect uh, than playing just the Rams. I do like the Rams as a teaser leg, uh, being able to get that down to the, just them winning. But um, there's another way I, I want to play that game. Yeah, we can talk about that here in a little bit. Well, it is worth mentioning Matthew Stafford as we record this late. Thursday night, Matthew Stafford has missed practice Wednesday and Thursday with back soreness. It sounds like the team and both Stafford expect him to be suited up on Sunday and says it's more of a precautionary measure, but that is something that you're going to want to look out for. Robert Woods also has missed two days of practice with a foot injury. So uh, when you look at, as I talked about, that Rams offense that is playing at a high level, you want to make sure those guys are on the field. So if you want to wait a little bit, I don't think this line is going to soar you know, up to nine, 10. So you could probably afford to hold out a couple of days to make sure those guys return to practice and are good to go on Sunday before you fire off on that bet. One more game that I want to talk about, Chiefs and Packers. The Chiefs at home, minus seven and a half. They're minus 330 on the money line on FanDuel. Of course, this line has ballooned because of the news that Aaron Rodgers has tested positive for COVID and will not play this weekend. And I know it. I, this scares me a little bit because the Chiefs have not looked themselves. I mean, as unconvincing of a win as possible this past Monday night against the Giants, I was really expecting that to be the breakthrough for them to on prime time at home, just run it up against the Giants and say, okay, now we got to continue to think of the Chiefs as we expected at the beginning of the year to be 
a major, major factor in the Super Bowl picture. That did not happen. And on the flip side, Green Bay shocked us in terms of their ability to go against the Cardinals. They ran the ball extremely well. They didn't make mistakes. They watched the Cardinals shoot themselves in the foot time after time. They dropped a punt. They had an interception deep in their own territory. A.J. Green, of course, capping it off with not even looking for the football on the final play of that game and uh, having that interception. So, and uh, no Devontae Adams. No Devontae Adams, no Alan Lazard, no Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I know that Adams is back in practice, and I think Lazard is as well. So that's worth noting that Jordan Love is going to have, of course, his running backs and Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, and, and then his receiving weapons. But come on. The bad man is not showing up. And while the Packers are playing really good football, I'm just not buying it. I am not buying that this can continue, that the Packers are that good as a collective unit, that they can take Rodgers out of the equation. Not that he was just overly spectacular against the Cardinals in terms of his pure numbers, but he's a guy that they could run it and get into third and four, third and five, third and six, and he would just make the on-point throw, nowhere to go with the football. Uh, that's what you bring with Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love does not have that experience. Jordan Love is going to make his first career start at Arrowhead against Mahomes and the Chiefs. And while here recently Mahomes and the Chiefs have not been something you say with a whole lot of like being scared about it if you're an opponent, I'm not I'm not giving up quite yet on that other side. And I'm not buying into the fact that the Packers are just that much of a well-oiled machine. They can miss Rodgers and win this game. So uh, teasing the Chiefs down from seven and a half to minus one and a half. Maybe I'm going to be a dummy on this, but I, I just feel so much better. I feel like I have to do this. I feel like I have to play this, uh, even though it was excruciating beyond uh, full disclosure. I was on the Cardinals last week, but that was just Rod with Rodgers. This is not with Rodgers. And with him being out, with him being out of the equation, I just see no way that Jordan Love wins this game. Yeah, um, I I have the same feeling as you do on this. Uh, that it's kind of a game you have to play. Um, you you got to trust that the Chiefs are gonna are gonna turn it around. The Chiefs are eventually gonna start clicking. That offense has way too much firepower to not get it going. Um, you know they got a winning coach, they got a winning quarterback. That team knows how to win. They haven't won two games in a row all season, which is just insane to think about. All the wins they've had the past few years, and they can't string two together. This is this is going to be the week. Um, not just Rodgers being out, but also not having those receivers last last week. There's no rapport on that team. You got guys coming in and out. You got backups playing. Um, who knows how those guys who've been out with COVID are going to look? Um, I I like I like the Chiefs here to at least win this game against a Packers team that uh, that's not not a full go. Yeah, and if you look at the Packers defensively, like they held their own really well against the Cardinals, and I was surprised at how much they got in the backfield for a team that has not had a great pass rush. They went out and had to sign Whitney Merciless because Darius Smith is still out, Preston Smith still out, uh, and then also and on the back end when you think about. Trying to contain Tyreek Hill. No Jair Alexander still to this point. Uh, so it's a Packers defense that credit to them for for steadying the waters and, and having the success they've had here recently. But uh, I, I still don't have a whole lot of confidence in, in that unit. And, and you did bring up a good point in terms of we've seen it on the Bears side with throwing Justin Fields into the mix and uh, 
trying to get that chemistry with Allen Robinson and, and guys that he didn't get a whole lot of reps with. That's going to be the case with Jordan Love now trying to to have that with Adams and some other guys. So as long as the Chiefs don't allow them to do the same thing they did against the Cardinals, which is run the ball and let the other team make mistakes, or the Chiefs have been making a pl- plenty of them here recently, uh, I would think that the home team comes away with the victory in Arrowhead. Before we give our picks officially and in the ways we're playing this, let's look at some options as far as teasers uh, and just some other games to stand out maybe you're interested in or, or we can comment on here real quick. Uh, I'll just rifle through a couple of these, and, and Josh, you can give your thoughts, and we'll talk about it a little bit. So the Ravens are coming off their bye. They're at home, minus six against the Minnesota Vikings. Could, of course, tease them down to be a pick and just to win the game. The Bengals are minus two and a half at home against Cleveland, coming off a big disappointment against the Jets, but the Cleveland Browns are a mess with their injuries. Uh, the Bengals may be a money line parlay piece. Uh, that's something to look at. How about the Steelers? Monday night football against our Bears. They're minus six and a half uh, and tease them down to win that game. And uh, I will have some comments here on that in a second. And then the Saints, which is a team we have sworn off and we will never bet. But, hey, we got to mention them because uh, they they own the Atlanta Falcons, at least here. Of letting, they've won six of seven against them in the last couple of years. They're minus six and a half at home against the Atlanta Falcons. So out of those four, Ravens at home. Bengals at home against the Browns, Steelers at home against Chicago, Saints at home against the Falcons. Is there one of those that stands out to you? What do you think about that next group of teams you could possibly put some plays together for? Yeah, I got to say Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore is a high upside team. Very frustrating team to bet on uh, for yours truly. Uh, Bet on or against, it seems like every time I bet on them, they don't show up every time I bet against them. They show up more than more than capable. Um, but going up against a Minnesota team that just hasn't been able to turn the corner. Um, that team uh, will look really good one week and maybe barely lose, and then the next week they just look absolutely miserable. Um, I know Dalvin Cook being back makes a difference, but uh, Baltimore being at home, uh, coming off a bye. Just seems like a perfect opportunity there for them to come away with a victory. Yeah, I like the Ravens as well. I am in the same boat as you. I've not brought myself to pulling the trigger on them because they are a frustrating team. And uh, it is interesting to think about. I mean, they should win this game. Let's be honest. Coming off a bye, uh, Minnesota not playing very well, just finding ways to lose football games. Uh, even games they we were talking about the show, like the teams they beat is – very, very unspectacular, not impressive. Um, but the Ravens' defense is one thing that I keep coming back to. Like when you look at their rankings, like this is a team that normally you, you'd see each and every year in the top ten as far as a scoring defense and a, a defense that is able to hold their own. But they're like in the twenties. Like this is not uh, a team that has a defense that you can rely on. So uh, it's a little dicey for me. I should probably be betting the Steelers. Uh, it's just the Ben Roethlisberger effect for me is someone that even though they've reeled off some victories here late, uh, the fact that they were playing a primetime game against the Seahawks a couple of weeks ago and needed overtime to beat Geno Smith right at home. Yeah, so that's, right. uh, that's not <laughs> impressive at all. And Justin Fields did, did show some things for as pissed off as I was about giving up 500 yards to the 49ers and Jimmy G. I, I can say that I was excited by what Justin Fields showed, but uh, on that note, Hey, if, if Jimmy G can have success against the spare defense, why can 
why can't Big Ben and, and that running game? And uh, that's probably one I should bet. And yeah, that's that might be the one that I would pick of that group. The I like Steelers. the Ravens as well. Yeah, I mean, the Bears aren't going to win that game. The Steelers are, are not going to win Steelers that game. The Steelers are miserable. Their offense is miserable. So Chicago. Chicago know, is a train wreck. I love the under. I love okay. the under. <laughs> let's, let's get to your plays. We, we have buried that lead enough. Let's actually talk about some of these totals that you're going to play. Uh, there is a team that I haven't mentioned here yet. I didn't mention in the Moneyline Parlay. I actually should have. Uh, you can play them on the spread. You can play them on the money line parlay. I'll talk about that here in a second, but get right to it. I think that you like a play in the Bears Steelers as far as betting against points being on the board. And there's another game where you think that there will be quite a bit of scoring. Yeah, the one I love the most uh, Titans Rams over 53 and a half, uh, sitting at minus 112. The Rams at home are three and one to the over. Uh, Rams five, two and one to the over this season. Titans are 4-1 their last five games to the over. The Titans are 11-1 to the over when an underdog in their last 12 games. Um, the Rams are first in overs percentage at 71%. Titans tied for third in overs percentage at 62.5. I'm not a big over-under guy, but when you see two of the top you know, over percentage teams in the league um, going up against each other, um, that's, that's an auto play. That's one I got to throw some money on. And then the other one, I'm not playing the Bears-Steelers under 40. I think that that total has actually dropped. It's now at 39. That's really low. I do think it goes under that. Um, but there's a different way I want to play it. I'm going to I'm gonna put the Titans-Rams and the Bears-Steelers plays together, moving those lines closer to more of a sure thing, to more minus odds. But pairing them together is, um, is I think, going to be a good play. I haven't... Haven't tried that yet this season. I guess we'll see how that goes. But the reason I like the Bears, uh, Bears Steelers under is because the Bears are six and one to the under in their last seven games. The Steelers are five one and one to the under their last seven games. That makes the Steelers their second in the under percentage so far this year, hitting at eighty three percent. And the Bears are tied for third in under percentage, hitting at seventy five percent. So I'm just going to go ahead and tell you what I'm what I'm doing for that game. Titans Rams over 44 and a half and Bears Steelers under 47 and a half. Um, as I mentioned, Titans four and one last five to the over. Um, Titans games over 44 and a half have hit six out of their eight games so far this year. Rams games have gone over the 44 and a half in seven out of eight games so far this year. Bears games have gone under 47 and a half so far in eight and six out of their eight games so far. And the Steelers haven't had a game um, go over 47 and a half points yet so far this year. So eight out of eight games have gone under the 47 and a half. Uh, Pairing those two games together gets you minus 148. Uh, It's a little bit of juice, but I think the likelihood of these two uh, coming together and both hitting um, are are pretty darn high. Yeah, I mean, the Bears' offense will get wrecked by T.J. Watt in that front of the Steelers, plus Matt Nagy's back in the building, so that's going to take at least one touchdown off the board, right? I mean, there there should not be a lot of points in that game. Hopefully the Bears' defense can get something together and not give up what they gave up against the Niners. Uh, I I don't know. We'll we'll see on that front. And then in terms of the Rams-Titans, as I diagram with the Rams offense against the Titans defense, it's a big mismatch. And 
as long as the Titans just don't completely implode without Derrick Henry, which this hasn't been a completely lights out Rams defense. So, uh, and Tannehill is a decent to above average quarterback with AJ Brown. It makes sense to me. And, and 44 and a half for those two teams is, is a very low number. I mean, the, the Rams in their own could put up 31. Yeah. And as you mentioned, Tannehill throwing interceptions, interceptions aren't always bad for the over. If he throws right. an interception on his own side of the field, we're talking, oh. talking points and more chasing. I can tell you that from betting Wisconsin unders, Graham Mertz throwing interceptions, fumbling handoffs is not good for the under no. uh, by experience, but that's enough of that. Uh, I do want to mention the one team that I, I have not brought up yet as far as uh, a teaser of Moneyline Parlay. You wouldn't tease them because they are a slight favorite. You could Moneyline Parlay them. That is the Chargers. They're minus two at the Philadelphia Eagles or minus 130 on the money line. The Chargers have had a rough stretch here late. Before the bye week, they got completely smacked by the Ravens, came out of the bye and lost at home. Uh, disappointing fashion to the Patriots. Uh, on the flip side, the Eagles just blasted the Lions 44-6, to and a lot of people thought, could this be the week the Lions finally get a win? Nope, not even close. Uh, but I will say, Philly... Sorry, Lions. Yeah, sorry. Not Lions. yet. We've, we've talked a lot of You'll uh, get there. It's not, not been a good run of, of show Chicago. for you. You got Chicago next week. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, Philly's three wins against Detroit, the Panthers, and the Falcons. I'm not impressed. Uh, before the Lions... Victory, they were down 30-7 to against the Vegas Raiders. I know this Chargers defense is the worst run defense in the league, giving up 5.1 yards per carry. That's not good at all. And the Eagles did commit to the run game big time against the Lions. We'll see if they try to continue to do that going forward. They should. Uh, and if they can, the Chargers will allow them to have that success. But bottom line, I think this is a good buy spot on the Chargers, who I'm not giving up on. I'm not just all of a sudden forgetting the fact that they won – a big game at home against the Browns. They beat the Chiefs. I know that those are two teams that aren't in great shape here uh, recently, but uh, this is a league that has a lot of ebb and flow to it. And I'm not going to completely just sell off the Chargers on a short number against Philly. And uh, if I got to back Justin Herbert to outplay Jalen Hurts, I am completely okay with that. So give me minus two, give me minus 130, however you prefer to play it. Uh, I think that the Chargers will win the game and I'll say that one by a field goal uh, in Philadelphia. Yeah, I like that. Uh, Chargers are a way more talented, uh, way, are going to be a way more successful team than the Eagles uh, this year. Um, the, the only thing that scares me about that bet is that Chargers rush defense, uh, one of the worst in the league, and going up against that read option with Hurts and whether, whether it's Boston Scott or whoever the hell they have back there, it doesn't really matter. Um, the Eagles can run the ball, um, and if they can if they can pound it on the ground and keep Herbert on the sidelines for long periods of time, um, I, I think the Chargers win that game regardless if that happens. Um, but it could be could be a little tighter than uh, tighter than you want. Yeah, it could be a little bit of a sweat there. But uh, as we mentioned, this a sweat. Hopefully, these picks we're about to give out are not. Too sweaty, but you know if they win, that's that's all that matters. Let's get to the official plays of the options that we have diagram. I know that Josh already broke down his his parlay for a total with the Bears and Steelers and Titans and Rams. I'll give you one. I'll give you my hammer time right off the bat. Hammer time. Cowboys money line and Buffalo Bills alternate spread of minus six and a half. So the Buffalo Bills to win by a touchdown or more. As I said. 
Last three seasons, there have been five times where they've been favored by more than a touchdown. They have won all five of those by more than a touchdown. And the Cowboys at home with Dak back with a great rushing attack against a terrible Denver team. It's just reeling on both sides of the ball. Not good defensively, 16 points per game offensively. Uh, put those together. It's minus 151 on FanDuel. It's juicy, but it's it's easy. It, it should be very, very easy. Hammer that. Lay some extra money to make the odds worth it. I'm all over that one. Uh, that should be a home run. I love that. I, I want to. I want to ask you: Have you have you lost a hammer time yet this year? I don't think you've lost a hammer. Hammer time. time. I don't. I don't think so. I think you're batting batting a thousand with the. When with I swing for the fences, time. knock on some wood here. I don't yeah. want to jinx you, but. And I Jorge Soler this. Oh man! I'm just smacking it out of the park. Those hammer times have been. Uh, have been very successful, and I think I'm going to have to jump in on that one as well. I'm going to, I'm going to ride ride that to uh, to victory and win some cash. You should, you should. What do you got for us? Um, so did you go through all your picks, or did you? Just Not go all of them. One? No, I just give you one. Do you want me to go through all of them? Just go through all yours, all right. and then I'll go through the ones I got. I got a teaser as well. So the Rams and the Chiefs. The Chiefs make me. I got to be honest. Slightly, just a little bit nervous. And it's almost like, do you middle this and play like the Packers on a, on a teaser, tease them up, and that way you try to find some kind of common ground here, like have the Chiefs win, but the Packers cover a, a 13 and a half, but forget it. I am not accepting that the Packers are going to win this game in Kansas City without Aaron Rodgers. It cannot happen. It's not going to happen. Rams at home against the Titans, Chiefs at home against the Packers, Minus 20 on DraftKings as a teaser. So that's Rams down to minus one. That's Chiefs down to minus one and a half. Come on now. If the Come Pack- on if now. If the Packers win that game, they got to treat him like a pitcher coming off the mound. Make him take off his helmet. Maybe, you know, take off his belt. Make uh, sure that that's not Aaron Rodgers under there. Geez. That it actually is Jordan Love. Maybe a little DNA test <laughs> right there on the field. Or a COVID test. Mr. Or, Rogers. Or- <laughs> Maybe, Immunized. maybe a vaccine test or okay. something. Who knows? Oh, no, it's not good. Too much farther <laughs> into that. Uh, another play I've got, Cowboys minus two and a half on an alternate line of Josh's famous, infamous, however you want to say it, two and a half with the Rams money line. That's minus 150 on FanDuel. So the Cowboys win by a field goal against the Broncos and the Rams. Take care of business against the Titans. I like that at minus 150. And then the Chargers... Personally, I'd pay a little bit more juice and play them minus 130 on the money line. If you want to play minus two at minus 110, all the more merry for you. I mean, the Chargers, I think, will win this game in Philly. So those are my four plays as far as money line parlay, alternates. Those are my plays, damn it. I like it. I like it. So I only got three plays uh, in in this area right here. Titans Rams over 53 and a half sitting at minus 112. Titans Rams over 44 and a half and Bears Steelers under 47 and a half. That's my little hammer time there. I'm going to go hammer time on uh-huh. that one. Minus 148. Uh, love that play there. Fully expect that one to hit. Like that one the most this week. Bills minus nine and a half and Titans Rams over 42 and a half. Love that one as well. Getting minus 125. Bills should uh, should run run the Jaguars out of town. Um, and Titans, Rams moving that one even further down to 42 and a half. And I just wanted to mention getting that um, Titans, Rams over 42 and a half. 
I'm getting that at minus 450. I'm really only using that to get the Bills minus nine and a half to be a little bit less juice. If there was something that you liked more than throwing that total in there, maybe Josh Allen uh, to throw two or more passing touchdowns along with the Bills winning uh, by nine and a half or more. That's another one that I'm going to be eyeing. Uh, that's not currently available on DraftKings, but I will probably be throwing that one down as well come Sunday. I like that. Um, and yeah, those are my three. There you have it. When we come back, we will have a couple of props. And I think Josh has a few. I only have one prop. Breaking news, Derek has won an NBA bet. Oh, as I just, just checked the phone, Derek is one one in the NBA. College basketball, please get here because this, this NBA thing's not working out for your boy. But uh, that's we're not even gonna waste any more time on that. Let's take a break, get back, we'll talk some props for NFL week nine. This is the Heat Check Podcast. All right, Josh just reminded me. This should have been brought up at the very outset. No one, if you've noticed, I'm sure you have, has gotten slapped in the face on this show because if you think back to two weeks ago, I gave out Darnell Mooney to go over his longest reception, and he hit it against the Bucs, maybe the one passing play, the one positive offensive play the Bears had of that game. So uh, my face is unscathed for now, and Josh's face is as well because he bet, for which team it was, at the minus two and a half, that... Proposition has burned him a few times, but it did not burn him in NFL Week 7. Let the record show. Josh got through. I got through. And we're here back with baby soft faces <laughs> uh, just ready to give out more picks. So uh, maybe we'll do some more slap bets as we go along, but I don't know if we'll have one this week. Let's just dive into the props. Enough of that. But we did want to mention that. So uh, I only have one, I'll be honest. And I am going to continue to monitor as we go through into the weekend. And I'm willing to be convinced by you, Josh, if you have one that is quite appetizing. But the only one I'm going with, A.J. Dillon for the Green Bay Packers, over 35 and a half rushing yards at Kansas City. Last week, he had 16 carries, 78 yards against the Arizona Cardinals. I know two weeks before that, when they played Chicago, he had... 55, 60 yards on the ground. There was a, a spot in there in between when they played the Washington football team. He didn't get a whole lot of work. But I think they're going to continue to double down on their game plan, particularly with Jordan Love. I mean, they are running the ball a ton with Rodgers last week because they had no weapons. Now they got Jordan Love. They're going to hand the ball off as much as possible. This is a, Chief runs, a Chiefs run defense that is 26 in the league in yards per carry allowed at 4.6. Uh, you look at their DVOA on, on run defense, or 29th. So they have been they have been had on the ground, and this is a Packers team that's given Dylan a a decent amount of carries. So 35 and a half. That seems that seems pretty easy to hit. And I'll I'll be honest, if if he does not hit this number, I'll take this loss and win the Chiefs as a teaser because <laughs> Packers will not win the game. They do not have success on the ground, but uh, I think both will happen. I think the Chiefs will win. I think AJ Dillon will go over 35 and a half, and that. Number should, I would imagine, rise as we go closer to Sunday. So get that while you can. That's on DraftKings. Yeah, uh, the Packers are making quite the effort to get A.D. Lacey, I mean A.J. Dillon, involved in the offense. Uh, just keep uh, A.J. Dillon away from the cheeseburgers in the offseason. Um, but yeah, they're, they're making a full-force effort to get A.J. Dillon involved, put him between the tackles, uh, 
maybe that's a little bit of not put too much wear and tear on Aaron Jones, or maybe they just see them as a great one-two punch. Clearly it worked last week against the Cardinals. Uh, love that bet. Going to have to take a look at that one myself. Uh, my first bet is my auto play of the week. Uh, Jamar Chase over 27 and a half longest reception. The auto. I'm familiar with that one. The auto play finally failed last week. It did not hit. It's because we didn't give it out on the pod. Yeah, I think it was the pod that was keeping it rolling. But it was the first week it hadn't hit, and it it had hit in the previous seven weeks uh, in the season. The Browns have given this number up to seven receivers in the past four weeks. The high flying offenses uh, have kind of eaten against. Against the Browns. Mahomes threw for 337 and three touchdowns. Herbert threw for 398 and four touchdowns. Kyler Murray only threw for 229, but he threw for four touchdowns as well. I expect the Bengals offense to be moving the ball down the field. Jamar Chase is gonna get gonna get some targets, some deep targets. Him and Burrow have a crazy good chemistry. Uh over 27 and a half to hit again. Uh I fully expect that one. I gotta be on it. I I gotta be on it. Seven out I, seven I, out of eight weeks. I mean, reminds me of Ron Burgundy. I I want to be on you. <laughs> I, I want I want to be on this prop. I'm gonna be on this prop. I can't believe I I resisted because of one disappointment. I'm sorry, Jamar Chase. Props to you, Josh, for bringing this back to the table. And hey, we realized that it was the pod that did not mention it, and therefore it was not sp- spoken into ex- existence. So uh, I really think that. You laid it out perfectly as far as the numbers, why it makes sense. Burrow on a bounce back, going back home. I think he outplays Baker Mayfield. I'd bet the Bengals if I had to in this game. But uh, Jamar Chase is the best big play weapon in football, and I think he'll get back on the right track. I love that. Thank you. Go ahead with another one because I am I only have one. I'm like a musket. I have just one shot, and I'm just out. Like, yeah, it takes too long I, to reload, and you you got the rest of the way. Yeah, you know it's frustrating. You know the 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 betting sites don't really get the props out early enough to really break them down a ton. Uh, you kind of got to wait, and with injuries and COVID, um, it can be a little frustrating. Uh, so the numbers aren't always there early enough, but. Another autoplay that's not currently available uh, right now. Kind of waiting to see what that one's going to be. But it's another autoplay. My two plays are autoplays. Cooper Cup, longest reception. I'm going to play it for pretty much whatever they said said of that. I mean, I'm going to give it out as not playing it over 31 and a half. Um, It won't be listed over 30. I probably would play it anyway. I'd probably play it up to 35. It won't um, be listed over. I don't 30. advise that. I said I think I think it's going to be listed about twenty nine and a half, over twenty nine and a half. Auto play for me. Um, he's hit this in all but one game so far this year. Just like Jamar Chase, seven out of eight weeks this has cashed. Tennessee's twenty fourth in passing yards allowed per game. Should be a high scoring game with plenty of opportunities for Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup averages about eleven or twelve targets per game. 11 or 12. He just needs one to go 30 yards. Uh, we had we had him in week seven against the Lions, and he had a couple of them that went over yeah. the listed number, and that was easy money. Yeah, fully expect this one to hit. I love that. So that wraps it up as far as props for us. Short and sweet, but I think that those will be some winners. So let's recap again in case – 
you are just, I don't know if you, how you'd just be tuning in, maybe fast forward to the end, but we, we always do this. So uh, hammer time, Cowboys money line, Buffalo minus six and a half. That's minus 141 on FanDuel. Rams and Chiefs teaser, minus 120 on DraftKings. Rams to minus one, Chiefs to minus one and a half. Cowboys an alternate line, minus two and a half. And the Rams money line for minus 150 on FanDuel. The LA Chargers in Philly, minus 130 on the money line, minus two if you want to take the spread, whatever pleases you, whatever you're comfortable with. And my one prop for this week, well, now I'm going to follow Jocelyn and Jamar Chase. Uh, A.J. Dillon, over 35 and a half rushing yards in Kansas City against a porous Chiefs defense. And that is my week nine slate. Love it. Uh, my slate will be Titans Rams over 53 and a half. Titans Rams over 44 and a half and Bears Steelers under 47 and a half. Bills minus nine and a half and Titans Rams over 42 and a half. Derek's hammer time play. Let me hear that one more time. Hammer time. Cowboys money line and Buffalo minus six and a half. I will be playing that as well. Jamar Chase over 27 and a half longest reception. Cooper Cup over whatever his longest reception is. Expect that to be around 29 and a half. Um, and then one I didn't get out, give out, but I just want to get your quick opinion on it. Uh, no, we're ending the show here. But Joe Burrow over two and a half passing touchdowns at sitting at plus 160. Three touchdowns in each of his last three weeks. High-flying offenses, as I mentioned earlier, have eaten against this uh, Browns defense. Mahomes threw three, Herbert threw four, Kyler Murray threw four. Joe Burrow throws three. I think more of a 50-50 basis. I think this should be priced closer to plus 100. Getting at plus 160 seems like a good value to me. Yeah, I think that's worth a shot for sure. I mean, in terms of the value at 160, uh, if if you're feeling good about where you're at as far as the season and you're, you're rolling strong or uh, you got a little bit of extra coin to play with, I mean, why not throw some chips down on that? I think that, uh, as I said, I think Burrow will out-duel Baker Mayfield. This has been a Browns secondary, as you diagram, that has been uh, getting eaten up. And I do think that Chase, Chase will come back uh, with a vengeance and be able to get in the end zone himself and have a big day. And even their, their tight end, whose name escapes me now, like, Uzuma. Uzuma. <laughs> yeah, that was that was spot that was on. Intense. It was intense. <laughs> we looked at each other in the eye and said, Uzuma. Uh yeah, he's he's got some elusiveness and athleticism. So uh, long story short, yeah, I like that. I think that that's worth a play for sure. And that wraps us up on the Heat Check Podcast. Great show as always. A lot of fun. Thanks again for listening in. Uh, subscribe to us, rate us, review us on Apple Podcasts or however you Listen to your podcast and get us on SoundCloud as well. Uh, follow us on Twitter. I'll be honest, I have not created a Twitter for the show yet. I need to get to that, but uh, definitely tell your friends about the show. Uh, thanks again for listening. We love doing this for you guys. Uh, we'll plan on being back next week. Good luck to everyone. Let's win some cash. Hey, college basketball is next week. But first, let's win some coin on football. Good luck to everyone, and thanks for listening. This is the Heat Check Podcast. Thanks, guys.